0: But in success series, our spotlight is on Selma and voting rights, namely the John Lewis Voters' Rights Bill. There's so much activity and buzz and energy this week with the marches on the Edmund Pettus, but the real focus is voting rights, voting rights that have been passed into legislation In the mid-1800s, during the Reconstruction laws, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment giving citizenship and the right to vote, as well as the 1960s Voting Rights Act, 1965. But we're still fighting today. And this segment, with the late Honorable Dr. Thad McClammy, my former boss, we talk about the 60s. The civil rights protests, the people, the energy, the excitement, the need for all Americans to vote. He talks about those times of segregation to integration as he was a young student of 16, seeing all this play out. This is an awesome interview and great history. This interview with. Dr. McClellan and I are coming at you right now.
1: We're getting back to the history of civil rights that's not taught in Alabama schools. Why isn't the economic portion of how the civil rights movement came to be? It cost money. It cost money for King and all these other people and even the marches. If Rosa Parks could help to at least influence people not riding a bus that's an economic move, but it's not c- taught in the black community, and it's not taught in, taught in public schools. Why? Uh,
2: it's like the outcome of the Civil you War. Know, even though the South lost, they right. had never accepted that they lost the wall. Right. And so... And now, you know, we have a person in the White House that has restarted that clock. And everybody now is, well, not everybody, but a good portion of the the population all over the United States, is out there now trying to regain a victory in a war that they didn't win. Yeah. so black he's people, he's
1: even though that's going on, if black people don't know about the history and about pooled economics and how that helped black people not only get through slavery but the civil rights movement, we won't be able to move forward at all. We'd be crippled.
2: Well, we'd be crippled as this because the civil war. the South refused to accept the fact that they lost. Now, you said, well, that was, you know, that was 1863, da, nah, da, nah, da, nah, da, nah, da, nah, da. Nah, nah. But let me fast forward. Even basic, not, not basic, not even uh, current uh, decisions like the, uh, like the New York Times versus Southern. That's the, the. First of all, Stone, and again, this is an event that happened in Montgomery, Alabama, and I think that might be one historic marker that even mentions that this was something that happened in the, uh, you know, in, 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 in the. The city, you know, in, in the lunch counters in the, in the uh, basement of the Montgomery Courthouse.
3: Right.
2: Uh, initially, when it, was, when it went to trial in Alabama, uh, the, uh, the city of Montgomery, uh, represented by Sullivan, Sullivan was the, uh, was the director of public safety, they warned. They won the suit in Montgomery in circuit court. They also got a $500,000 judgment against about, I think it's about 12 ministers, 12 black ministers, Uh, most of them, you know, carry over from the uh, bus park because this was the event that happened in 1960, although uh, it, it did actually... Uh, we did actually uh, get a, a decision from the, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, to 1964, but during that period, from 1960 to 1964, not only the, 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 uh, these uh, persons, uh, you know, in, in civil rights movement, lost the uh, the, the suit, they complicated the cars of people like uh, Reverend Joe Larry and uh, about, like, about twelve people, Dr. Evan I think they took property for him or think they took they did they take his car. But these ministers actually lost their car in this uh, state trial all this uh, on so, uh, New York Times v. Sullivan. Well, when it was appealed uh, to the Supreme Court, it stayed before the U.S. Supreme Court for four years. Supreme Court ruled in favor of the, uh, you know, the defendants. And they got the cars back after, you know, four years. But the South never accepted the fact that the Supreme Court ruled, I guess still, on this important First Amendment right uh, case to this day. To this day, my my daughter's office and my office is in the building that that the American the HD, uh, ACLU, uh, yeah, people like uh, Bill Kusler and Al Kanoa. you know, just by spent full time here, almost four years, you know, helping and prepared to argue this case before the U.S. Supreme Court. And, Cheryl, uh, we are actually putting up a historic marker probably, you know, within the next 30 days of the site that this case. Was put together at war, but at the same time, there is very little acknowledgement that it even exists. And uh, you know, I bring mean, the question: lot of times. why? Why is it that there's so much resentment?" And everybody said, "Well, they've I said, "Well, that's the same thing." I said, "It's the same thing you're arguing about. What do y'all do? war?" You lost it, so I guess I guess, to you it's a perception that you've lost it again. But these are the type of things that we speak of in history. Uh, you know, we as a, as a people, regardless to what's out there, we still are held accountable for what our young people are exposed to. And, right. uh, that's your subject today. So, why isn't to it taught?
1: Why isn't it taught? People talk about charter schools, private schools, etc. Jewish well, people well, teach they their they people have, their they history, they Indian these people these teach their people their history, and Asian yeah. people teach pe- their own people their own history. We don't. We depend too much on the public school system. The, uh, they're not they going to teach us our history. Called,
2: they have what they call textbooks committee devils across the state, and naturally it's weighed as to the people that serve, and they're not able you know, and they say cleverly, uh, exclude, say things. Uh,
1: <laughs> but why can't blacks do it themselves? <laughs> we know that <laughs>
2: history. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm sure you went through this when you were probably growing up. In the church, in the black church. A lot of it is taught in the black church. You have a lot. One of the things, you know, it's just like, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the, the Christmas plays and the Easter plays. Now there is more particular, not a lot of times, you know, they put a lot of emphasis on black history, but, but there is a, a, a greater emphasis uh he has you know uh, uh closes the deficit and the church has uh, have served as you know you know just like all of the civil rights movements make sure was basically church based and uh so as more and more uh things taught it is in, in the church in the black church
3: uh,
2: that it was you know 25, 30 years
3: ago.
1: You just got finished doing a Martin Luther King march. There were more people in the, in the march, meaning marching, than there were actual, you know, people that came to view it. What do you think is going to happen in the future with, you know, these well, I, I, think,
2: I saw, I think they said in San Antonio, Texas all of the uh, I'd say birthday mm-hmm. that there were like 300,000 people participated in San Antonio, Texas. Now, I, I try to figure out what is it that because I, I'm not aware of any landmark of uh, situations that have taken place in San Antonio. But uh, I think that, that there's going to be more and more community-based church-based uh, of these type of traditions because a lot of people, you know, they, they have, you know, once they understand some of the things, well, I'll I give you a, a, a typical example, as I can see. They had these two uh, black ladies with the uh, National Space Center, and they were the ones that were doing the calculations, uh, you know, in the launching of the, uh, of, I guess it was the operation of And so when, they, when people begin to understand, you know, a lot of times, we all have a good feeling about ourselves, and particularly young people. Because you know a lot of times compromising affects you know all the outcome of their lives, and so it's in order for the young people in our community to really understand that hey look yes you, there may have been compromises in the history of this country but at the same time there are a lot of 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 outstanding achievements have been made by African Americans in this country. And I think that the more the quicker that a lot of these things are presented to our young people they know how to take advantage of it and so This is is, is what we call fertile ground to continue to try to make sure that they have the exposure that uh, of the different things that they are part of the community that has made many, many contributions in all fields to this country. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people, like you said, about right, the, uh, Black like History Week is, you know, the month of February, et cetera. But, uh, I think, uh, that, that there's a matter of, the, and then plus, you know, technology saves a lot of it myself. by itself. So, uh, mm-hmm. so a lot of these, uh, young people have, you know, have taken to the, uh, the vehicle of technology. And, uh, and they do a good job with us. So there were more no opportunities. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, uh, in fact, when you look at, I would say, during this, the, about the last five watches uh, out of the academy up to the captain of the that what are the things, I don't know what to the rationale about it, but you notice that there are normally a lot of uh, secondary school bands participating in these, you know, in these uh, in the parades. And so, here again, all of this is, you know, not about by the fact that they get the exposure uh, by even though they may just be in the band. But, uh, I noticed that there are more and more participation, uh, you know, with that answer, this type of thing, and sometimes, like, in some of these, uh, uh, I have a dream days, uh, you have a lot of, uh, of uh, high school and elementary wives that participate. So, mm-hmm. there's hope on the horizon. That, uh, with the technology, with the commitment, uh, from a number of people, you know, like myself, that's out there, that, uh, understand that if you don't know the accomplishments of your, of, of your community in the past, then you could be woefully compromised. Uh, mm-hmm. Is your potential, in pursuing the the uh, highest potential that you have uh, in society. So uh, it is it, looking uh, it's, it's looking better, and I think
3: uh,
2: a lot of people, you know, that you uh, particularly, in, you, know, case, you know, in the case, you know, in educational arena, that. Uh, You're going to see more and more of it because the more people understand that it's not just something, you know. We have a lot of people say, well, uh, you know, Dr. Cave dead, Rose dead, and all that, yeah. But the struggle for not only for success, but just for survival is still out there. That challenge is still out there.
1: The challenge is still out there, but there's a lot of um, history and a lot of places in Alabama. We talk about the Moore Hotel and other uh, places along the Civil Rights Trail that just sort of sit there. They aren't even known by millennials. Well,
2: let me give you a, a, a ray of hope. You know, what I talked about earlier about the uh, Dashes Trace and the uh, Federal Road, here are treasurers in many communities uh, that date back to the 1700s that are now coming forward, in fact, as late as today. There was a local realtor that's, you know, very active in the communities, Sandra Nichols. She called me about, uh, I think, um, she probably heard the name, Mary Ann She was a local historian. here. And she passed a few days, I mean a few years ago. And they were saying that her grandson, I don't know what, what state he was in, but he wasn't in Montgomery, but recently he has come back to Montgomery. And uh, she has picked up the novel that uh, his grandmother was carrying. So a lot of times these treasurers lay dominant, but there's still a market, there's still a need for them to come into play. Mm -hmm. And even though I can say, it might be, you know, 200 years overdue. But it's never too late. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: It's never too late.
1: It is never too late. It just um, when you lose your foot soldiers and people who are actually physically there in some way, shape, or form, whether they be children or grown adults, you kind of miss the story. Well...
2: One of the things that, that happened was the, the, uh, participation by so many people, uh, um, in these, in these, like the, uh, of the bus boycott, and, you know, the, uh, motor flights activities that the participation was compromised. In fact, when you look at uh, the city of Birmingham, Alabama, it ultimately almost dominated by school kids and young kids okay. in the You know, not only, you know, include the, uh, the folks, you know, the folks, young girls that were killed in the uh in, in, in the local church yeah. mm-hmm. that were in but and even here in, in, you know, in 1965 um you find you know the the whole process was really dominated by college students and public school students because many of their parents are many of the adults, their, their participation was compromised because they were afraid that they were going to lose the job or their house is going to end up being
3: burned.
2: And that was a number of houses uh, over here in
3: Montgomery
2: is on. Uh, you know, during the most part the time. And then a number of people lost their jobs if it was discovered that they would participate in these activities in any way. And so the young people were the ones that feel that moment mm-hmm. because, you know, most of the the uh, the high school kids, elementary kids, so your high school kids, you know, they didn't have a job to lose. So a lot of times that they were the ones that ended up on the front line. In fact, I often ask the question that, you know, to young people, was not the kids that go to is or budget something? Well, a lot of people... Protective, yeah, we used to have it. So, what about Doctor Appleback? Was he there? Yeah, no, he was. People wanted to stop there. Oh, the oh, bloody Sunday. Uh, The people that primarily was over the bridge were a lot of young, you know, was a lot of young people. Those that marched, you know, fifty miles plus, were young people and. uh. A lot of them were not just for Alabama. Uh, yeah, young people end up uh, particularly, you know, I think even also well, even more so that the bus park got there was a lot mm-hmm. of p- participation from many, many states uh to the, uh, the voting rights activities. A lot of which is here. Uh, you know, quite some of them lost their lives right here in the uh, In fact, the the bridge, you know, crossed over was, was all the sudden. And the next wash was all the twos that were not king, that Reverend Abaddon got to town, town. But that was a white clergy person that was beaten to death. itself but the twos that after...
1: James
2: Reed, uh, yes. Reverend James uh, Reed. And then you had the bowler, uh, Naruso. You know, she was killed after the march, after the the activities was completed on the steps. Uh, and she was, had been, she was a representative of the automotive union for, for Michigan. And uh, she was taking people back and forth to the uh, to the airport and, and between uh, Montgomery Center, and Santa and shoot killed. And then after that, uh, that was another um, white clergy person that was killed in Haven. Now, these were just the ones, you know, that was, and then plus, you know, when you start reaching out, because actually, this whole thing of um, all these tragedies it was kind of stuff in 19. 19- 1954, you know, was the death of Ebertio, because I think the the death of Ebertio really put the conscience of a lot of people. uh, In fact, a a lot of people believe that the success of the Montgomery Bus Boycott was had a lot of influence from the uh, the death of Ebertio the year before, in 1954.
1: Mm. yeah that's what Lizard Park was saying she was um, you know when she was doing her her work uh, in bringing forth civil rights she was remembering what happened with Emmett too well now all of these
2: years that's the last about about two years ago or so the, uh, the person that was he of that whole um, tragedy, and we can't it. Um, so, although they, um, you know, I, I, I don't think anything has been uh, rectified 50 yet. but uh, so I think that, the, uh, like I said, the person who the just said the bridge said you know, she lied, it didn't happen. And, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That happens. But, you know, the, a lot of times, you think that's really frightening. You know, the struggle is not over. You know, when you see, you know, like, right you know, next week we have this situation of what we call the great good case. You know, this is where a white police officer, Old duty shot this man oh, like in his back five times uh, in front of his house. But, um, in fact, there's a citizen uh, phase of his case uh, next week. But just meant mm-hmm. three years, so this man still... Well mm-hmm. after he got convicted of manslaughter in uh in Dale County um uh, the terminated plug in with the uh with the seat uh the government. But the weird thing about this, Greg Gunn's father was one of the first black policeman hired each in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, wow. in the fifties.
1: And that history Everybody.
2: isn't being told. Well, it's fact that he was one of the first black policemen hired by the Montgomery Police Department. And come 30 and 40-some years later, he gets shot of his house yeah. right. by a white policeman. And, and the
1: trial and is still going on.
2: And it's one of these things, you know, there has been very little um, community support. Uh, you have people that give you the excuse that they don't want to rush to judgment. And it's been over three years, since it happened.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And... And then what's another thing that so many of us really uh, feel bad about is that his mother uh, passed you know, just a few months ago. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And,
2: you know, we're always hoping that she would, you know, live to see just as well on behalf of her son. So that's but they did, you know, unfortunately.
3: Now,
2: all the other hand, you know, uh, I'm not sure, uh, but there's a passage in the Bible that talks about and they shall be led by a child. And would you look at some of these hideous things, uh, mm-hmm. started with any kill. Uh, and then we did, we look at Bloody Sunday, that this was about a young man named Jim Jackson in Perry County, Alabama, mm-hmm. Alabama, Alabama mm-hmm. that was killed by a Alabama state trooper. And this whole thing, you know, a lot of times we ask people the question, well, why were the people on the breeze on Bloody Sunday?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you have a lot, There's you know, a lot of people as well as both of but the impetus of the march was there yeah, were well, a number of people, particularly young, young civil rights leaders at that time, like Stoke and uh, John Lewis, and others. After the uh, the the, the, uh, the death of Jiminy Jackson at the hands of a white, we call it, state patrols, had killed him. And a lot of people said, well, we're going to take a casket with Jiminy Jackson's body from Selma to Montgomery and put it up on the capital steps of dead governor to wallace. and whiless. And uh, that was what's driving it. And when you look at a lot of the like at Mervyn Hill, uh, you had to, the, the, you of know, the, the church that's here, the you know, the girls. And so in many instances, uh, incidents, hideous incidents against church, have been the impotence Uh, that ultimately changed the course of history. So, uh, that's what it is. We
1: have a lot of history that we don't even talk about. Harry and Henrietta uh, Moore, T. Moore of Florida, they were the first couple, NAACP couple to be killed in 1950. Well. And we don't even hear about them, and they were the first NAACP. He was a major player in the NAACP.
2: Well, like I said, it's it's a lot of things that the public did not, you know, give out all of, uh, you know, thank God that, that as much as it has been of uh, the participation that, uh, uh, that you, you know, that it came before the public and the public you know, responded, you know, in the form of, of sustained support, because successful movements just don't happen by themselves. It takes right. a lot of commitment on the part of a lot of people. And a lot and it of It takes times, the
1: funding. It takes funding. And no one talks about the, the, the economics and how that came to be, because a lot of people were bused in and whatnot to Alabama for a lot of these events to even happen. Because if the natives and the people of Alabama participated, they would have lost their jobs, homes, and education rights and and everything else. So, yeah, it takes economics. Like
2: I say, the church has always been, you know, that ref to refuse and the fuel to... Help execute success. Uh, You know, like, particularly during the most white you had what they call the Monday Night Mass Feeds. And there were many, many black churches that hosted. because what it was, you know, we did have a lot of the, uh, you know, the internet, a lot of the media outlets. So Monday night was kind of like, could you get an update, you know, what happened the previous week and what the agenda was, you know, forthcoming for the next week. But it was very, very effective.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But he again, uh, there were a number of churches that uh, was more, Allowed the, uh, the country, including my government. So, uh, but even with all the challenges and all of the obstacles, uh, there were a number of people refuse to step back, refuse to withdraw. Uh, you know, what are the, I guess, were the best support initiatives, was on the, uh, the night before the uh, the march was complete, just Capitol Steps, and that was with a double of Bay Street entertainers black and white, uh, led by uh, uh, Harry Belafonte, came to Montgomery, Alabama, to the grounds of St. Jude, the seat of St. Jude. Right. And, uh, but I tell it to people, I said, well, a lot of people got a chance to come because you had to cover a doctor, so you couldn't really tell who was out there. But that was, I mean, you had all, everybody, uh, you know, of all persuasions that gave a of promise that night. And uh, that was really a statement that kept the, uh, you know, that the, the, the people often refer back to, you know, this, you know, who came and who performed. And, uh, and, but that was, you know, a lot of times it's, it doesn't. Re- would you know like to if you could you know get a double of those people back and some three years some have come
3: back and, uh,
2: and performed
3: but that was really
2: uh, you, know, almost, you know it gave a lot of momentum a lot of people here again the next morning those that proceeded to the capital steps uh, many of them were college students, uh, high school, junior high, be local public school students, and individuals from all over the United States.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's,
2: it's uh, it was, uh, you know, Good feeling to see that that many people in, around the country had an interest, admitted, or put their lives on the line to come down and participate. So, uh, I know a lot of people say, Well, uh, what about now? Well, I like said to dial the, the communications. Um, outlets have changed the, uh, the, the the dynamics of you know how you do certain things. You can do more to get Uh in you know, five minutes that you could do out there try to do it with you know the way that that was done. Uh,
1: Here six it years is: ago, the so. murder of Harry and Harriet Moore. Here it is. Harry T. Moore and his wife Harriet V.S. Moore were pioneer activists and leaders in the early civil rights movement in the United States and became the first couple to be killed on their um, wedding anniversary. Was that What
2: state state was this this city in Florida?
1: That was Mims, Florida. It was was Mims. Mims, Florida. December 25th, 1951. A bomb had been placed under the Moore's bedroom after they celebrated their uh, wedding anniversary and it exploded in the night. They celebrated their 25th wedding anniversary early that day. Harry died in the ambulance from the attack and his wife died nine days later of her injuries. They were the first married couple to be, uh, husband and wife to be killed during the Civil Rights Movement in 1951. She died January 3rd, 1951. Two and he died December
3: twenty fifth, nineteen fifty one. Well,
1: he was a um, he was a head of the NAACP uh, in Florida and then Florida. Well, I uh,
2: you know, to the bones uh, of the video over. Uh, Huh? Much different, as God the the of the video were a lot different than today.
1: Right. Yeah. So uh, there were five investigations. There were no convictions, but five white supremacist perpetrators were were charged, but they weren't convicted.
3: So they were from, yes.
1: then uh, Florida and Brother County. We heard of private. Remember brother County? Weren't they the ones with the chads during the uh, election in two thousand? <laughs> I believe. Remember uh, the Chad the Chad situation that uh, with the votes, the problems that they had with those chads. I'd read about that, yeah, of that here. Yeah, and studied that.
3: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know.
2: You know, he's, he's, you know, that election was suspect. And even in this last presidential race, uh, That was a, uh, the, uh, an African American that was the, uh, the mayor of okay. Tallahassee, Florida, was running for the governor of uh, Florida. And, and it was very obvious. That was repeat the just as this last uh, cycle.
1: Just those so people who are listening to this interview, it's interesting. Uh, people uh, back then, you had to be treated in the 1950s at an African-American hospital. Well, the nearest hospital for Her- Henry and Harrietta Moore was, get this, 29.8 miles driven by car. Harry died in the ambulance. So that's 30 miles away.
3: Yeah,
2: because, you know, you yeah, have...
1: Back in the early 50s, uh, yeah.
2: The, uh, the first black black-owned operated uh, hospital in the state of Alabama was here in uh, Montgomery. is mm-hmm. called Hales at Burbury. And... But because basically they, you know, the, uh, the, the white hospitals, they, were, they had certain days that they saw black, black patients.
3: Mm-hmm. And even
2: on those days, there was complete segregation, the and practices. The biggest challenge is to try to make sure that it never, ever happens again.
0: This is Building Abundant Success with Sabrina Marie. Copyright, March 7th, 2022.